My name is Kyle Winkley, if we've never met. Uh, not on staff here, not the pastor, the guest speaker. I'm a football coach turned financial advisor that's up here, right? If you have any, any questions, my wife is on staff, so complaints, concerns, salvation, prayer. You can see my wife after, uh, after service today. Um, but, yeah, so with that being said, Cody did ask me to speak today. We're going to continue walking through uh, the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6. Um, so <clears throat> with that being said, we're going to walk through, or I want to show you this, uh, this first verse, right? Where we're kind of putting our focus today. Um, so Matthew six twelve. There we go. Thanks, Josh. So Matthew six twelve, right? Jesus had just got done with, with the phrase, give us our daily bread, right? And today our focus is forgiveness. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. So um, kind of two phrases here, right? Kind of almost a, a part A and a part B um, in this verse and what, what Jesus is, is talking to us and having us pray through. Um, and really, if I were to kind of title my message or kind of the thought or theme that just kept coming to my mind was having a forgiven mindset, right? Not only knowing that we are forgiven in Christ, but then that second part, forgiving others, right? And having living with a forgiven mindset, um, so, yeah, the, the, the last three kind of phrases of this, uh, the Lord's Prayer is to give, to forgive, and to, to lead. Today, this is the only part in the Lord's Prayer, the spot in this prayer, where something falls on us, us right? There's, a, there's an action item. There's an assumption that we also will, will forgive. Everything else, right, as we're praying this prayer to give, we're asking the Lord to give us our daily bread, to forgive us our debts, and to lead us and deliver us, right? So um, a lot will be focused here today in this second part. Um, and really, it, it kind of ties into last week as Cody talked through giving us our daily bread, right? We are, it, it is a daily thing, just like forgiveness, just like being led, it is a daily almost hourly or minute by minute thing. I don't know about you, but I have to ask for forgiveness uh, quite, quite often, right? Um, I have some examples. Don't worry, I'm not gonna put anyone on blast. I'm gonna save that for myself, right? So we'll use me as examples today. Um, so the two steps, so the two parts of this prayer, this phrase in verse 12, forgive us our debts. There's an assumption that God will forgive us. There's an assumption that we are forgiven if we love and trust and follow Jesus, right? Everything else is going to come out of this. We, we don't have any, there's no need or desire or want to forgive if, we not, if we're not forgiven first, right? I have no, I don't need to freaking ask for forgiveness if I don't know that I'm forgiven and that I'm going to extend that forgiveness and that love and grace towards others, right? So there's kind of, if we walk through and kind of look like, a, I always love this visual of grace and, and, and God's forgiveness coming to us. There's past grace, right? So if we're standing at a river, we can see the past grace, this pool of all the grace that has come to us and everything that Jesus has faithfully forgiven us and, and loved us for and just able to glorify God of this pool of grace that continues uh, to pool up, right? This present grace, grace for the moment, grace for today, right? This proverbial bridge sometimes that we may cross. We need that grace and that power today for forgiveness, right? As we walk through things today and then future grace, that upstream grace that continues to come and flow from the river, from the throne of God. Um, and knowing that we will <clears throat> always be forgiven, right? As we lean on and trust in Jesus, right? There's a constant forgiveness coming because of 
the blood of Christ and the cross of Christ, right? So, I mean, Colossians 2, in, in my mind, sums this up, right? We have to have a stance and an understanding that we are forgiven first, right? So Colossians 2, 13 and 14, he forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken that away, nailing it to the cross. The big phrase I want to focus on here is the indebtedness, right? So, Father, forgive us, right? Forgive us our, our debts, right? As we forgive those, right? Our, our debtors, right? So there's, there's clearly, right, we have wronged, right? And there's an owe, there's, there's something that we owe, right? Because of this debt that we owe Christ. But we know that in the cross, it is forgiven, right? This, this legal record, this indebtedness is canceled out, right? So then how does that apply to us? What does that look like? The second part of this verse 12 of Matthew 6, right, is, is our job, right? This ongoing. So it's as, Josh, if you'll go back to 612, as, right, as we forgive, right? So it is, it is an ongoing, there's a both end dynamic that we are forgiven, right? It's been done, it's been taken care of, but there's this ongoing dynamic of a both end that we, we will continually forgive, right, those that owe us. Right. So let's look at that. Right. We also we also. Right. So at the same time. Right. This is going both ways. Uh, This is what really stuck out to me. Have forgiven. I'm not an English major. Right. But I'm pretty sure that's past tense. Okay. so have forgiven. It's done. It is finished. But that's that's talking to us. Right. We we have an understanding or a mindset that we've forgiven our debtors. Right. So people owe us. It's kind of a thought I never really thought about. But. Um, stuff is owed to us. There's three, there's three types of debt, good bet, good debt, bad debt, stupid debt. No, there's three types of debt, right? We owe God. Okay. So we owe God. That's very clear. The perfect creator of the universe, creator of us, right? Lover of our souls. We owe God. We have fallen short, right? Romans three twenty three. We owe others. We've fallen short or we've hurt others, right? So there's a debt there. And then others owe us, right? There's things that we've done or frustrations or whatever that, that clearly people have fallen short in loving us. We have a job, whether it's in marriage or just other relationships or work to love and serve each other, right? So whether that's in this body or in your home or in your place of work, there, there really is kind of this constant indebtedness. So um, we went to the Lake of the Ozarks last week with Anna's family. We go on a vacation with them every summer. It's, it's a blessing. We love her family. Her parents are incredible. Uh, her sister's great. Love her, her and her husband. Her brother lives in Lincoln. It's always fun to see him when we get together. I always tell them to move to Dallas because the job, the job market's better in Dallas. And the football's the same. There's big expectations in Lincoln, Nebraska, and always a big disappointment. So um, <laughs> we, were, I, we were in the kitchen, and I saw the trash was full, so I take out the trash, and this kind of, I'm like, Am I gonna take out the trash all the time? But whatever, I just took out the trash, put it in the garage, and then I take out the trash and take out the trash. And by the end of the first day, it was there was like five bags of trash in the garage, or six bags, and I had taken out five of them. I'm like, okay, all right, this is kind of frustrating. And then the second day, same thing, like seven bags of trash or eight bags of trash. I took out seven of them, and then those thoughts start coming. I know I'm the only crazy one in this room, but like, oh, I just drove all the way to uh, where were we? Where were we? The Lake of the Ozarks, right? To just take time off work and I'll just take out the trash. I'll just be the trash guy for the week, right? And you're just so frustrated, right? And so this just kept building like day three. I'm taking out the trash and I look over at the sink and there's dirty dishes. 
And instantly the Holy Spirit was like, I was mad at, my, at Anna's family, right? I was the victim. I'm the trash guy while everyone else is at the dock laying out in the sun. And, and, and it just struck me. The Holy Spirit was like, yeah, well, how many dishes have you cleaned? How many meals have you cooked? And I was like, oh, I guess, I guess maybe they owe me for the trash, but I've done nothing to help with the dishes or the cooking or the cleaning. So uh, it was just this clear moment of there's always this ongoing dynamic of debts and, and this ongoing dynamic of forgiveness. And are we living with a frustrated, you know, victim, they owe me mentality or I know I'm forgiven in Christ. So there's not a scoreboard, right? That's really the, the point that it kind of, that drove home to me. I think Anna and I do a pretty good job of not keeping a scoreboard, but maybe those other relationships or dynamics, whether it's family or work or kids or whatever that looks like in Christ, if we have a forgiven mindset, we have forgiven our debtors. There's no keeping track. There's no scoreboard. Right. Psalm 103 says this beautifully. And this is how the Lord deals with us. This is my I I feel like I could just end the sermon with just go home and read Psalm 103. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. That good news at the end there, verse 10, he does not deal with us according to our sins, right? Or the NIV, another, another fr- phrase or saying it, he does not treat us as our sins deserve, right? The Lord is so gracious with us and so loving. And although we owe these debts to him, he took them on himself. And then continuing through life as we continue to fall short or sin or whatever that looks like in our lives, he still does not treat us as our sins deserve, right? He is forever faithful as we sang this morning and he will continue to be, right? So why don't we live with that forgiven mindset and understanding that we have forgiven our debtors or what is owed to us just like we owe others? In the Old Testament, right, God tells Moses, right, it's uh, Exodus 21, but he, he's, he goes on this list. Life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn, wound, bruise. It's like, it's tough, right? It's, hey, life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth. That's intense, right? That is an intense rule to follow. I couldn't imagine, I had a good friend, his eye got hit and injured when he was like five years old. I couldn't imagine like, like, hey, eye for eye, let's go. Like, I could not imagine that, right, that dynamic. But in Matthew 5, when Jesus comes to earth and gives us this, this new pattern of love and forgiveness, he raises the standard, right? So Matthew 5, you've heard it said, eye for eye, tooth for tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. Right, he continues to go on, right? I won't make you read this here, but he, he gives us multiple examples. If anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand them the, your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them too. Give to the one who asked you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. Right? Jesus is telling us, like, right, go the extra mile. Continue to love. Continue to forgive. Disclaimer here. That does not mean we just walk into and continue to accept serious abuse or those types of things. Okay? I know everyone is, people are walking through hard things. That's not what we're signing up for. However... However, 
he does call us to a very, very high standard of forgiveness, right? A very high standard. Go an extra mile, that's inconvenient, right? Cody's talked about Jesus being interruptible, right? Take your shirt and give them your coat as well, right? Give them both cheeks to, to, to hit, to slap. That, that is an intense expectation. But Jesus sets a new standard and flips this expectation on his head. Eye for eye, he says, go the extra mile. Instead of retribution, he tells you to love your enemies. We all have debts. We all have, God has forgiven our debts and doesn't treat us as our sins deserve, right? So let's not hold on to those debts that are also owed to us. We have no reason when we know how much we're loved and how much we're forgiven from and then what we're forgiven for, right? That we can walk in freedom and in love and in grace. There's a key, the key phrase to Josh, if you go back again to Matthew six, as we, right? And Cody, I think, is pointing this out in a couple other sermons talking through the Lord's prayer. As we, this is a, this is teamwork here, right? This is forgiveness is done in community, right? This might be hard, but we can't. Forgiveness is not moving to a new town or moving to a new church or alienating people or ending relationships. That's not forgiveness. That's ignoring the problem. That's whatever, however you want to phrase it or classify it or justify it, right? If we're going to walk in community and love each other, there's going to be frustrations. There's going to be hurt actions, hurt words. There's, that's going to happen. And we have two options. Do we continue to dig in and, and love each other and forgive and have those hard conversations? Or do we just turn a blind eye, ignore it, and not create any room for grace and love and forgiveness, right? So if we're going to be a church that does lifelong community, then we have to address problems, forgive people and love each other and extend grace, right? Living in community, right? There's, there's up in and out, right? Up, we know we're forgiven with the father. So then we can then out extend that grace and love and forgiveness to each other. It's going to happen. It's natural. Cody and I have, if you don't know, have, we've been very good friends for a long time. We've had some very hard or uncomfortable conversations. Rip the bandaid off and have them. It's always going to be better. And 24 hours later, that conversation really wasn't that hard, right? Leading up to that conversation is pretty dang hard and uncomfortable. I would encourage you, rip the, because I've done this many times, rip the bandaid off, ask for the forgiveness, extend the grace, and have that conversation, right? So the deeper we walk with people, there's going to be hurts. We're human. We're flawed. But if we can love and serve each other, and understanding that we're forgiven and then we can forgive those around us is going to make, make a huge impact, not only on these relationships here, but also the relationships outside of this room right now. Right. I mean, I like again, I told you I was going to be the one put myself on blast yesterday. I was convicted finishing this message up. I called Paul Petkosh and I was like, hey, man, there's some gross stuff I need to confess to you. Right. And we had a three minute conversation. It was great. Right. And we've moved on since then. Right. Yesterday in the car. Three little girls and Anna are all talking to me at the same time. And I just snapped for about four seconds. And then it was quiet for like four minutes. Right? But then I turned around. I apologized to Anna and our girls. And we moved on. Right? So it's just, it's almost, it's almost the small things. Right? The big things, that's easy to, I think, sometimes maybe, apo- or know we should apologize for. But 
having those harder, uncomfortable conversations on those small things, the outbursts, the words, the actions, even the looks maybe sometimes, or whatever those little things are, you know what they are, or the Holy Spirit's going to tell you what those little things are, right? Whether it's in your, with your relationship in, in marriage or with your kids, but having those, the, the, the courage, knowing that we're forgiven, to then move forward and asking for forgiveness or extending forgiveness to those in, in, in us and around us. And why wouldn't we, right? At, we know if we read the scriptures that we are loved, that we are forgiven. Psalm 139, right? I'm spending some time in Psalms today, but it says, How amazing are your thoughts concerning me, God? How vast is the sum of them? Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand on earth. When I awake, I am still with you. I've, I've heard this verse before, and it just like dawned on me like, okay. I owe God, I'm falling short. So I exaggerate things, right? Or under, underestimate things. God's perfect. If his word says this is the thoughts of us or towards us, then it must be pretty accurate. So then I was like, well, how many grains of sand are on earth? Because that's a lot of thoughts, right? So in case you don't know, right? God can't lie. He doesn't owe us. We owe him, right? So the, the fact is the estimated scientific number of grains of sand on earth is 75 sextillion. Didn't know that was a number. There you go. It's 75 zeros, right? 75 and then actually ironically 75 zeros, right? That's the estimated grains of sand on earth, which God's word says that's how many thoughts he has about us, about you, about me. What if, what if we knew, what if we listened, what if we knew these thoughts that God had about us? They're not bad thoughts, right? These are good. These are loving thoughts, right? So what if this was the tape playing through our mind? Wouldn't it then be easier to love and to forgive if these were the thoughts playing through my head, the tape playing through my mind every day, not whatever my mind or my flesh wants to come up with or whatever the world tells me? But these 75 sextillion thoughts that God has that is full of love and grace that he showed and demonstrated on the cross for us. If these are the thoughts running through our mind, then then what does this really look like? How does this flesh out? I think like just in our day to day interactions. Nathan Schnefke and I were talking the other day. It, right, and if you don't know, Nathan's in roofing, owns his own roofing company, and you, right, when the hailstorms come, you hear all the people complain about people knocking on doors and those things that are trying to do their job, earn a living, right? And we were just talking about, you know, obviously there's, there is, you know, this perception of roofers or automotive people, right, or dealerships, or you, the list goes on and on. The reality is there's good roofers and bad roofers. Good cops and bad cops. Good financial advisors and bad financial advisors. Good teachers and bad teachers. Right? This, for every profession, right? There's people that are, are good at their job or bad at their job or are doing it for bad reasons as well, right? But what if we cross paths with these people in a loving way, in a forgiving way, understanding we had this forgiven mindset going into these interactions instantly? Who knows what this person's walking through in this interaction that the Lord has put in front of you? Who knows if you have that conversation with this person trying to buy you a car? What if that's your next close friend? What if that's the next member of this church? What if that interaction is the next conversation or the final push that that person needed to have a lost soul that is now saved knowing Jesus? Right. But if we go into these conversations or this mindset with this person's this or this person's that or whatever it might be, whatever those thoughts that are running through your head. 
Right? What if we have those thoughts of the Lord loves me, the Lord is for me, these are the thoughts he has about me, and I am forgiven. And as we, right, we have forgiven those, right? We can now go into these interactions with a mindset and an attitude of love and of grace. Right? This is not my quote, right? But reading, preparing for this, right? We are only different. We are different only, excuse me. We are different only by God's grace. Nothing separates you and me or us and the believer other than God's grace. That's the only difference is having that understanding of grace and understanding of what we now have in grace, standing in the presence of Christ and in this grace right that we have. That's the only difference that separates you and me or us and the believer, unbeliever. So what does this look like? Like what are actual actionable steps, right? As we walk in forgiveness and in forgiving each other, how it's kind of, sometimes it's maybe vague or we don't know what that actually looks like. What is that in our day to day? How do we do this right? Practically, right? I think maybe there's kind of not that these are the end all be all right, but understanding one that we need to have hard conversations and there's times where we have to confess sins or we need to ask for forgiveness, right? We need to initiate it, right? Ripping that bandaid off of forgiveness, owning up to the wrong, big and small, right? is important in showing our spouses and our kids that we forgive first, not having to earn forgiveness, not having to allow time to forgive things, right? Now, again, like I said before, again, this disclaimer, right? People walking through hard things, there are things that time will take to wound, right? God will heal these wounds over time. However, we still are called to forgive, big or small, right? We're not called to continue to take abuse, but we are called to continue to forgive and love, right? So have the hard conversations. Second, not staying silent, right? Not or, or doing silent things out of frustration, right? Posting on social media, sending the angry or gossipy text message. This does no good. This makes us feel good for about two and a half seconds, right? And then all we've done is just created more, right? A, a deeper pit, right? We're all good at digging those deep pits. So not putting ourselves in those situations, but again, having either a forgiven mindset or having that hard conversation, right? And then what kind of goes along with that is playing the victim, right? I was the victim. I was the trash man for the week on vacation to take out the trash, right? Which I did take it to the dumpster four times, like all the trash trips. Like I know I was the trash guy on the trip, but I made made no meals. So I I won't, I I wasn't perfect, close, but not perfect. All right, but don't play the victim. Victimhood is a trap, right? It's just a trap. That's all it is. It is drinking poison. I think maybe you've heard this saying, right? It's drinking poison and hoping to watch the other person die, right? It is a trap that does no good. It just builds silent grudges, anger, and disappointment. And unspoken expectations always leads to frustration and disappointment, right? So we can't play the victim, right? And then we can love and we can pray for our enemies, right? So Tyler, come on up. We're going to kind of wrap up here. Cody's been shorter these last messages, so I thought mine might be short too. So love and pray for our enemies, right? If we have our our enemies, we want to have these clenched fists, right, of frustration, of anger, of hurt, whatever these forgiveness or unforgiveness is in our hearts, right? But if we, we can lay these down, if we can give these to the Father, this allows our palms to be open, our hands to be up, to receive joy, to receive peace, grace, Right from the Lord, from the from the throne of God. 
right? So don't postpone joy. Don't postpone peace. Don't postpone the forgiveness, right? It is assumed that we also have forgiven our debtors. So continue to forgive. Continue to live in forgiveness, right? Allow forgiveness to happen to heal not only your heart, but also the person that may or may, may not even know, right? These hurts that, that may have, have happened, right, between the two of you. This will just continue to allow relationships to deepen for, for fruit to be, to be growing in your life and all of our lives, right? And this is a process, right? It takes time, right? This, these things take time to unpack, right? This isn't maybe an instant or a fix-all or a quick fix, right? This is, forgiveness is a process to, to do, to walk through, to learn it, right? I have to continue. There's, there's right people in our lives that you continually have to forgive. And it may not even be a conversation, but it's, that hurt continues to come up, right? That thought continues to come up out of anger or sadness or pain, Right. But continuing to say, no, I have forgiven it. Right. I just I have forgiven. It is gone. I've laid it at the feet of Jesus and I no longer need to hold on to those things. Right. Out of frustration. So. Those are kind of those are my thoughts on what we can do, what forgiveness looks like. Right. So we this is a process. It is daily, minute by minute, hour by hour. Right. Jesus teaches us to pray for the daily bread. Right. He teaches us to pray for forgiveness and understand it and to understand that daily we have been forgiven and we will forgive those that we live with. Right. And then next week we can talk about daily him leading us again, minute by minute and hour by hour. Jesus, we love you. Thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you for your grace, for your goodness. Thank you that you forgive us, that you don't treat us as our sins deserve, Father. Oh my goodness, that is such good news. Father, I ask that for each of us in this room that we examine ourselves, that we look at who and what we need to forgive, what we need to put down. Father, what are those things? Who are those people that we need to go to to free ourselves up before we go and alter to the altar to honor you and glorify you and love you? You've called us to forgive as you've forgiven. Thank you for forgiving us in Jesus' blood. Thank you for your blood, for your death, and your resurrection. Amen.